1: Listen and follow for free on Apple or Google Podcasts. Simply subscribe to Locked on Kentucky. I'm Dan Reaper with Fox 56 in Lexington, along with Kyle Tucker of The Athletic. And we wish you a a very happy holiday season. Uh, We are recording this on Sunday night, uh, just a little bit before midnight. Kyle has uh, returned from Las Vegas uh, today. And so uh, the topic for all three segments is UK basketball. Because they went to Vegas and lost twice.
0: (laughs) Yeah, not a great trip.
1: Uh, Not a great trip, but also they didn't come home empty-handed. Kentucky played Ohio State pretty well. I mean, it was a one- or two-possession game all the way down to the last minute of the game. And so had you seen Kentucky come out flat the way they did against Utah for a second straight game against Ohio State and look really bad? then I think you have reason to panic. But seeing the way Kentucky erased a 17-point deficit in the last 10 minutes against Utah and then brought the fight from the very opening tip against Ohio State, and you have to understand uh, that Ohio State is definitely one of the best five teams in the country. There's no doubt about it, Uh, especially after, you know, I haven't watched a whole entire game that they played all season until seeing them play Kentucky, and, uh, and they got players. I mean, they're big, they're physical, they're talented, they do a lot of things well. Uh, there's no doubt that they are one of the one of the teams that I would pick to, uh, to have a shot to be there in the Final Four. And Kentucky, despite its deficiencies and how early it is for them in their development, they hung in there, and they had their chances. I mean, Kentucky, in I think three and a half minutes to go, it was a 62-57 game. And Kentucky got three stops, and the first possession after a stop, it was a, a manual quickly three-point shot that got blocked, uh, followed by a missed field goal by Tyrese Maxey. They got another stop. That was followed by a uh, quickly shot that was blocked at the rim. And then Kentucky got another stop, and that was followed by a turnover from Hagans throwing it to quickly uh, bad pass along the baseline that he really couldn't do anything with, and just saved it inbounds to Ohio State. So, so you had four chances to cut a five-point deficit over basically a two-minute stretch in the last three and a half minutes of the game. Had you done that, who knows what happens?
0: Yeah, I mean it's a one-one point game with five or six minutes to go. Um, you know, early in the second half, I was I thought Kentucky was going to going to take it uh, the way. Nate Sestina was going nuts, and um, you know they just finally had a little bit of life to them, I thought um, Ashton Hagens and and Tyrese Maxey kept making impact plays. They were yeah. you know, driving, getting the fit, you know I, I thought it was about as good early on as Ashton Hagens has ever finished. Um, you know he was driving in there, getting all these and ones, making the plays. Amazing he had, plays. He had he had Amazing. three first half steals that all led to points. Um, you know he was really really locked in early um
1: he made improbable shots like up at the rim
0: yeah i mean shots that he you know he missed much easier shots many times before yeah. and he was making really tough ones um you know and so i guess i guess where i would lean and kind kind of what i wrote i mean i wrote the good the good the bad and the ugly off of that game but one of the, one of the things you've got to kind of keep in perspective is yeah, so Iowa State is really good. Uh, I think they are really, really good. And you could say, well, what, because they beat Kentucky, now they're good? No, this was their third win against a team that was ranked in the top ten. Maybe Kentucky's not a top ten team. Probably not, but they, so the others were. Um, you know, they've, they have played uh, really well against good competition. They have uh, good perimeter players, a terrific uh, Caleb Wesson, terrific big man in the middle. Um, and Kentucky played up to the competition. I thought, you know, which yeah. I think it was important to see that they would do that. I mean, there's still plenty of flaws. There's still plenty of issues, but the fact that they played up to the competition was good. I mean, there, this is a te- This is a team that. Um, I mean, John Calipari, by his very actions, uh, let us all know he knew was poorly constructed before the season started. He didn't desperately try to go get more big men for the entire summer because he thought he had enough, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Uh, so he didn't go at the eleventh hour get Johnny Juzang to reclassify because he thought everything was going to be okay with shooting. Yeah. Um, so this was a team that had some flaws, um, and they've they've shown up. Um, but also I think they have guys who can make shots and they, you know, they figured out a way uh, to use Nate Sestina. That was huge that they it said, was. you know, two yeah. days after the, after the Utah game where Nate came back, didn't play much, didn't play well, uh, did not attempt a three, did not score any points right after that. <clears throat> excuse me for the two days after that in practice in Vegas, Calipari put, the plan and emotion to use him like they used Derek Willis when they realize, okay, Derek can't do everything we want him to do. He's not going to be a traditional four man. He's going to get pushed around sometimes, but he's a shooter. So yeah. let's let him shoot. Let's stretch the floor with him. Let's put him, let's play him as a truly stretch for almost abandon the idea of him playing inside and say, you float on the perimeter and hunt threes, aggressively yeah. hunt threes, pick and pop all that. Um, and they did that with Nate. I mean, he had, uh, what, five three-point attempts in the first half and mm-hmm. eight for the game. Yeah. Uh, he made five of eight. Uh, really brought – I mean, he he brought that building to a boil several times hitting those threes. I mean, it was just like almost an exorcism of a demon because nobody yeah, on yeah. his team has been able to hit threes. And when he starts <laughs> raining them in and it's – you know, and the newness of it, like, oh, we're going to use Nate to do this now. Uh, there were a ton of Kentucky fans there, and they just went bonkers when he did that.
1: Um, yeah, it helps with momentum, energizes the team. There
0: was, you know, there were some positives. Like, they found a way to use Nate Sestina. Um, Ashton Hagen's was locked and loaded, and he, you know, I, I, I had all these details that I had kind of gathered up in the pregame, following them around in the, in the hallways of the arena that would have been nice details had they won the game. Um, but, you know... Ashton gathered the team up. It was at one point Emmanuel quickly said, you got to give a speech, Ash. And he's like, oh, I am, I am. And he huddled him up and then he could tell there were some of us kind of lurking, trying to listen. So he got, he lowered his voice real low and he had a long talk with the team in the huddle right before they ran out of the tunnel. And I was going to ask him what he said, but it didn't really matter after they lost. No, but, no. Um, And then he came, I thought he came out, you know, he came out battling. Him and him and uh, Maxi, yeah. I thought really came out playing hard. And that's the other thing. Maxi had been in a, a, a pretty serious slump, and I think that's over now. Um, you know, he's still not perfect, but I think Maxie's slump is over now. He missed all four of his threes, but he scored 18 points. Um, you know, I'm sorry, that was in the uh, Utah game. I got two different box scores up here. 15 um, in in this and game. 15 in the in this uh, in this game. So I mean, he's one. He went one for ten from three in Vegas. So he's not totally out of his slump. Uh, but he but he scored 33 points in those two games. He rebounded, uh, he passed the ball. The 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 one big thing that Kyle was frustrated about at the end was that they what you talked about that series of plays where he mm. kept where he said I called timeout to tell him pass the ball. You're going to drive. They're going to collapse. You're going to have wide open shooters on the wings or in the corners and just kick it out and we'll have open shots. And every guy that touched the ball drove it and tried to keep it. Um, and Maxie was one of those. And so though, but those are correctable things, you know, you'd rather, I think you'd rather look at the film and say, that's where we messed up as opposed to, we don't have the, we don't have the players who can make plays. I think they do have those players.
1: All right. Plenty more on this game. Uh, a, a ton to still talk about on this game. Uh, when we return here on the locked on Kentucky podcast. If you are looking for a last-minute, fun sports gift for the holidays, go to BreakingTea.com forward slash LockedOn. Breaking Tea makes sports t-shirts around teams' passion moments. It's great for all fans. Just go to BreakingTea.com forward slash LockedOn and then feel free to search the site for great shirts and fun sports gifts.
0: You are Locked On, Kentucky your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast.
1: All right, we're back here on the Locked on Kentucky podcast. Dan Reefer here with you from Fox 56 in Lexington, along with Kyle Tucker of The Athletic, who was out there in Vegas for the two-game stretch. Um, yeah, Chris Holtman, uh, the Ohio State coach from Nicholasville, by the way, Jessamine County, uh, who said before this game he had a, a great little story about or not a story, but just, just said he had grew up with U.K. posters all over his walls. Like, He's like, it's not an option here. Like you guys understand here in Columbus, Ohio, about football. Like you grow up passionate about football. Well, for me, living in Jessamine County, it was it was UK basketball. I mean, just had the UK posters on my walls, and that was it. You know, so I it was big for him. I think uh, to have this game, uh, but he said their entire halftime was consumed by trying to find a way. To stop the pick and pops with Nate Sestina, and it wound up working because Sestina's last bucket came with 14 minutes to go in the game. Uh, he never was able uh, to get a good clean look again.
0: Well, and we saw too. You know, one of the reasons that the biggest issue with Nate—I mean, it helps Kentucky, but also that to use him this way, but also. Like, what is the point of having him on your team if you're not gonna let him shoot threes? Because, like, that's the one thing that translates uh, as you move up a weight class. And we saw some of his limitations later in the game, where he takes a pass down low and he just gets his shot crammed. Um, He's gonna have to work on some some crafty ways to score in the post because he's not gonna, you know, jump up and dunk on many people in the SEC and. From Ohio State, uh, and that was during that stretch when they had some chances at buckets and couldn't get them. Uh, he got a shot blocked. Emmanuel quickly got a, a transition three blocked into the stands. Uh, <laughs> Ohio State's good, man. They had they had yeah. athletes all over the floor that were making really good plays. Um, but yeah, I think I think they sprung a trap on Ohio State a little bit. I, I had I had mentioned that three point wrinkle with uh, Nate. Before the game, that I thought it was coming at some point because I had talked to some folks, and then also just just talking <laughs> gotta, to some people. What's I got to
1: interrupt you here, right here? Because because it was funny in the post game, Calipari noted uh, we thought of that before you said it, Kyle. Like yeah, he, I don't know. He like, made sure it, to tell you that, that before you brought it up you know
0: that was weird because it was like did he just like go in the post-game locker room and read my tweets right exactly like like, who would have told him about that it was really it was really strange but uh but the other thing people around the program had been telling me out there in vegas is like there was there was some real confidence that they were going to win that game some some real confidence that they were going to win that game and i think maybe a lot of it had to do with like man, we're going to spring this trap on them. Like, Mm -hmm. there's no film of Nate Sestina taking eight threes in a game as a straight-up stretch-four pick-and-pop guy. Um, And it worked, you know. I think they had to feel great about how it worked in the first half. Um, But um, the fact that you all of a sudden have a a team like Ohio State and Chris Holtman saying, well, yeah, that's what we spent halftime doing Mm -hmm. uh, is – I'm sure that was that felt good as as for Cal Perry that he had that you know he sort of won round one of the chess match and for for Nate that he's back in a role that's significant um, but they did take it away they started switching and um, you know was, the, Calipari Cal Perry took a little bit of umbrage I asked him you know how does Nate not get another three the rest of the game and he says basically the other guy's pretty smart too the other coach mm-hmm. um, Yeah. But so good that they found Nate, good that they found a, re, a way to use him, but what happens when they take that away? The, the problem is Kentucky's offense is still sort of so behind in its development that if one guy gets cooking and then the other team adjusts and takes him away, it, it's, it's tough to say who's going to step in and be that replacement scorer. And then everybody kind of tried to do it. Like, well, I'm going to take it. I'm going to take it. And it, yeah. that's that wasn't the way to go either. Um, even though everybody hasn't been making them, you, you'd much rather have open shots than guys driving into collapsing defense with three guys around you with an off off balance,
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: uh, you know, runner or whatever.
1: But so. the thing is, they did get there though. I mean, quickly, Hagen's and Maxi were able to get into the paint. It's just when they got there, they. You know, a lot of times, either ran somebody over or made made a bad decision with the ball, and then if you if you're able to do that, that you know there's some people out there to kick it out to, but they're not making the shots. I mean, still, he says John Calipari does. You should see us in practice. Yeah. Well, and then he talks about you know trying to get a, get their mentality right or whatever. But I, I don't know that I feel good about this team ever uh, getting any better at shooting it. Uh, those other guys. I mean, Chris Holtman also said they'll be fine. They'll they'll shoot it better. I don't know. It feels like just the, the you know same problem they've had for several years now. It's just guys that shoot it well in practice and don't in the games.
0: Yeah, I mean, I like I mean, what
1: gives you confidence that they're going to be any better at it? Nate well, Sestina. That's
0: it, right? Nate and I would say Emmanuel, just because Emmanuel started really slow last year too, but he had been like a forty percent three-point shooter in the high school and AAU levels. Uh, And then in SEC play, he shot 38%. Um, And so, you know, he had a couple huge ones in the Sweet 16. Um, He has demonstrated that he can do it in games. And so I I just don't believe, uh, I can't believe that Emmanuel Quickly is as bad, actually, as his, you know, as the stats say. I mean, he's... For the season now, he is – well, I can't find it, but it's not good. (laughs) I was trying to find it, and for some reason the stats won't update for me. But um, he's well below, well below his average. And so, you know, do I I know that Maxie will get better? I think Maxie will get a little better. I think he's always going to be a little streaky. But I think Maxie will probably get to the point where he's – he hits five in a game, and then he goes one for four, one for five, and, mm-hmm. you know, two for six, and then he hits six in a game. You know, that's what I think Maxi is. Um, and that would be okay, too. I mean, I think they would take that right now. Um, but it quickly feels like the guy that, they, that may come along enough that they can depend on him.
1: And Juzang seems to be this, you know, mythical creature like a Jamal Baker, um, you know, that – you always heard that he was a great three yeah. point shooter, and then, and then he's he's two of fourteen. Well, you want to have season. you want
0: you want to have your heart broken again by the the updated transfer wire? Uh, Quade Uh-oh. Green tonight had twenty one points, six assists. <laughs> oh my gosh! One turnover, and he made four out of five threes. Wow! And he's shooting forty two percent from three this season. Mm. Also, who did th- they play? Ball State. Um, also, Jaden McDaniels, his teammate now at Washington, the the wanted, recruit, yeah. the, the last, like, potential game changer that Kentucky missed on in the class. He scored 22 and was 4 of 7 from 3, um, mm. as you're looking for three-point shooters. Um, and on the season, he's shooting, like, 30, 35%, I think, from 3. Um so, yeah, they they <laughs> they could have some guys. I mean, if you had if you had Quade Greed and Jamal Baker, uh you'd you'd have some shot makers right now. Jaden McDaniels, but as Well, it's,
1: quickly, is 12 of 39 this season, so that's 30.8% and Tyrese is 12 of 48, which is, you know, 25%.
0: Yeah, I mean, they're just not that bad, you know. They're just not that bad. Um I I don't know. I don't I don't know what to make of it. It almost I mean at this point are you go are you know is Cal putting too much pressure on these guys? Is he talking about it too much?
1: Well, he said uh, he wasn't, you know. Yeah. He said I'm trying not to focus on it too much, but, but then, the, he says but then, then he says he's yeah.
0: telling them all these little tricks like say right. one word in your head which is uh right. what is it? Saint straight. Straight. <laughs> straight. No, he a straight straight, stay straight, straight straight because if you say straight you can't think I'm going to miss it. And he's like, "Well, but maybe that won't work, so think of a think of something a word that makes you happy like a high school you scored forty on Saint Aloysius <laughs> uh, this was the, like the third time this season he's mentioned Saint Aloysius so I know I don't I know. know uh like what brought on Saint Aloysius I'm gonna
1: search that on Amazon and see if we we can't get that for him for Christmas like a hoodie with Saint Aloysius across. <laughs> that actually would be really funny <laughs> They would maybe enjoy that. Yeah. All right. Still not done. We still got some more to talk. We haven't talked about the post play of Nick Richards and EJ Montgomery yet. And we'll do that next on the Locked On Kentucky podcast. This is Locked On Kentucky. Your team every day. All right. Back here on the Locked On Kentucky podcast. Um, post play for Kentucky is something else. We talked about the shooting, how much that needs to improve. You know, we'll see if that happens. But they absolutely, positively must get uh, more out of Nick Richards than they have recently. Calipari's been hinting at it, saying, I've been seeing it in practice, that he's reverted. And I told him it was coming. And when he says, you know, Richards played bad, he's talking about uh, scoring 12 points and getting five rebounds and blocking two shots. You know, that was, that's what he was saying was bad. Well, then it got really bad, because over two games in Vegas, he scored seven points and grabbed four rebounds, and he was almost entirely a non-factor. He had a few block shots, but for the most part, Nick Richards was non-existent against Utah and Ohio State. And it's going to be very tough uh, when they get into conference play uh, two games a week to not have any better post-presence than what Nick Richards has been giving them here in this last two games.
0: Yeah, and the other number to kind of keep an eye on with him, one of the things that he did so well early on was manage his fouls. Um, And he's now got four fouls in the last three games and four out of the last five games. Mm. Um, And, you know, he got in horrible foul trouble. He got two of the quickest fouls you could ever get. uh, (laughs) and, And one of them was just a horrific call there was you know we haven't talked a lot on, on here about this because I don't really believe in when when a team is doing so much to hurt itself I don't believe in going oh the officiating cost them yeah um, but it, they got a rough whistle they got uh, like an undeniably rough whistle against Ohio State um, almost I mean, there were m- some
1: clear missed calls yeah, yeah.
0: there yeah the one at the, the second foul early on against Nick Richards I think it was on a when he was setting a screen was just terrible mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and when you just look at the numbers, Cal Perry pointed out, like nobody ever dramatically outshoots us at the free throw line. Uh, Ohio State got twenty-seven free throws. Kentucky got thirteen. Yeah, I mean they they were outscored there was a thirteen point difference. They there, were outscored yeah. by fourteen points at the free throw line. Twenty-one yeah. makes to seven uh, to, to eight. Uh, yeah, no, you're right. Thirteen. Sorry, eight of thirteen. Um, and, and it was twenty-five fouls on Kentucky. Sixteen uh, to Ohio state. So both, both Montgomery, uh, and, uh, and Richards and really Tyrese Maxey, he, he kind of got, uh, cut down late, he fouled out actually. Um, that was not an insignificant blow. Um, and so not all of that is on Nick Richards, but he's just, he's got to give them more than what he's, what he's given them in the last, three games and I I do find it interesting that before he started this this decline, before any of us were noticing that he was playing poorly, Cal Perry was straight up predicting it to all of us.
1: Yeah he was. He was just yeah.
0: saying like he's he's you know gotten arrogant, he's not as focused in practice. I'm telling him like this is coming. Um and it happened.
1: Yeah. And then with EJ Montgomery, his situation uh, it wasn't like he was awful in the two games. It's just that he showed you what he's capable of and, and then like withdrew it from you. It was almost like, here you go. Here's what I can do, eh, but I'm not going to do it for long stretches. It was a minute left in the game when he drives to the hole, goes through contact against uh, the defender down low for Ohio State and scores over him. But earlier in the game, that exact same defender is pushing him from the block all the way out to the free throw line because EJ can't get position down there. I mean, those guys were pushed around, EJ and Nick, underneath the basket. They they just were bullied under there. They couldn't get position yeah. at all. And who's going to get position if neither one of them can? And got It's bullied. not going to be Keon or Khalil.
0: Yeah, and really kind of got bullied in the previous game. I mean, EJ made some... Some big plays in that Utah game and you know to close the first half when they were down big in the Utah game he get, he sc- hits three straight jumpers and cuts it down and he makes that hustle play at the end diving on the floor but in this game to play 27 minutes and only come up with four points and five rebounds and you know a good deal of that was at the end I just that is not enough um, I, I can almost to a certain degree, forgive Richards a little more in that game because of that quick whistle. And I just think he was gun-shy at that point. Um, no, he'll play
1: 12 minutes anyway.
0: But Montgomery's just got no excuse to give that little in such an important game. When when he's talked about saying, you know, yeah, I know what they need from me. Like, I, I know they need me to do more. Um, I don't know. I just, I think at this point, those guys are kind of, you've got to accept that they're maybe not going to be consistent. That every now and then they're going to give you a good game, and a lot of nights you're going to have to win without them. That is that to me is where either the three point shooting improves or the this team is dead. You know, I mean <laughs> yeah. because because you're leaning so heavily on Hagen's, Whitney, Sestina now as a stretch uh, and quickly. I mean those are your those are your best players um or at least your best scores and so if four out of them those five guys can't make a three you're you're probably toast
1: yeah yeah i think i think you said whitney you mean maxi though oh right? did i
0: say whitney yes yeah, yeah sorry yeah. Yeah. yeah oh i was reading off of yeah yeah, yeah sorry hagan's maxi sistina and quickly i mean those you know yeah those are your right. scoring options. They can't really consistently score in, out of the post, and that's that's something that they're just going to have to. I don't know. They're going to have to get creative or just abandon it altogether and play as a four-out perimeter team, and maybe that'll work. But it won't. It won't work with Nate being the only guy who who can make a shot.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't. I just don't know if uh, not not to question their like. Strength training or anything like that, and EJ Montgomery put on weight before this season. But just seeing him get pushed, I mean, I don't know that they're going to get like any stronger, better at, at at moving. You know, guys down on the block around. They're not particularly big that way. You know, well, I mean,
0: and, Nick Richards ought to be able to do whatever he wants with anybody. He's a he's a freak of an athlete, and he's got plenty of size. That to me is just a a mentality thing, you know. That's Nick. Nick's got to say I'm gonna I'm gonna bully my guy, and you yeah. know, I, is he does he just not have great body control and awareness, spatial awareness, and is that how he picks up some of these ticky tack fouls? And then once he does, does it just rob him of his uh, aggressiveness? I mean, I think there's maybe something to that, um, and and. I mean, through the through the two plus years we've known his frag his psyche to be a a bit fragile, um, seemed like maybe he had busted through that. But
1: uh, gosh, there was yeah. the one play I don't know if you remember this where uh, ball goes up there and on the rebound he's just standing there underneath oh, the goal, yeah, just no, absolutely I, I, watching.
0: Yeah, I did notice there were more than one uh, of those where, you know, it just went right over his head. <laughs> you know, Nate Sestina is out there jumping like he's on a po- pogo stick best yeah. he can, you know, hoping he can get there, but he's, he's got far less of a chance to jump up there and get it than a guy like Nick. Um, that was the other thing I would say for, for Sestina. He only ends up with four rebounds, but he was battling, you know, he was doing everything mm-hmm. he could. There were, I think three of those four rebounds were offensive rebounds. There were at least two or three other times where he didn't get the rebound, but he was just jumping, 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 trying to get a fingertip on it and tipped it out to a teammate. Um, You know, that was a big – it was a very big game for Nate Sestina because he had all but vanished first by just playing poorly and getting in a slump, and then the injury. uh, He kind of admits to losing confidence, losing, losing belief in himself. Uh, a lot of th- a lot of that. I think everybody kind of did. And for him, right. for him to have a game like that, I think uh, for all the bad that happened, that was a pretty important uh, relaunch for him.
1: Well, now they've got um, four days off for Christmas. The team Calipari said nine of the players went their different ways. You know, went different places in the airport. Uh, I know that uh, some of the players caught the red eye back, and it wasn't a charter flight. Uh Calipari's daughters were tweeting about going to the Jersey Shore. So I imagine that's where he headed uh, to their place up there for Christmas. And so they won't get back together until Thursday. That's when the team gets back together. And they'll have Thursday and Friday uh, to get ready for Louisville on Saturday. And we will preview that game on Thursday. We'll do one Thursday that we'll uh, we'll have for Friday for you. So it'll be up late Thursday, and then you can listen to it on Friday to preview the Louisville-Kentucky game. So we're going to take off four days as well. We'll be off uh, no podcast Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, right? So three days, yeah. So three days, yeah, not four days. But, yeah, we're going to take a holiday break, and uh, I hope you – Everyone out there who listens, thank you so much. That's uh the greatest gift you can give us is hit subscribe and tell your friends and uh and listen to us. So we really appreciate it. And we wish all of you a very, very happy holiday.
0: Yes. Merry Christmas, happy Hanukkah, Kwanzaa. If there's anything else I'm missing. Happy holidays.
1: Yeah, yeah that's that's why happy holidays the best, because you can just whatever your holiday is. It's covered with Happy Holidays. So, yeah, but
0: thank uh, God Donald Trump came along so I can say Merry Christmas.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: oh, I don't guess I'll edit that one out. We'll leave that just, gift for everyone right nobody's,
0: there. nobody said it anymore until three years ago. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'll say it. Merry Christmas to you, everyone, too. Yeah. Um, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at D-R-I-E-F-F-E-R. Kyle is at Kyle
0: Tucker underscore A-T-H.
1: Yeah, send him all your uh, sports writers for
0: Trump is my other tw- Twitter <laughs> handle.
1: <laughs> all right, see you guys. Uh, we'll talk to you again. I hope you guys
0: after- get some impeach cobbler <laughs> for Christmas. <laughs> you were just unloading uh, right here. Oh,
1: bye guys. All right.
0: You are locked on Kentucky. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts locked on. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea.